Welcome back to A Church in the City, a podcast by Downtown Christian Church. We're continuing our series, A Church in the City, with a message from Kevin Grinwis titled, Seven Channels of Kingdom Influence. Let's listen in. Really, um, this could be really bad, <laughs> or it could be pretty good. So um, just if it's really bad, don't tell me, because I'm, I'm really sensitive I don't know if you don't know that, but I'm, I'm real sensitive. My feelings are okay. All right. <laughs> so A Church in the City, that's the series that we're in. Um, when we started kind of talking about this idea, um, really the heart behind uh, what, we, what, we, what we really set out to put together and what we believe that the Lord led us to put together and directed us, um, is about mobilization, okay? Uh, it's about mobilization. It's about the fact that I, um, we believe that God has um, deposited DCC uh, in the city and collected this uh, group of folks and, and, um, and that he has called us to empower a movement of passionate Jesus followers. That's been our vision since day one um, on August 12th. 2012, when we signed the papers to officially organize Downtown Christian Church, that was our vision, to empower a movement of passionate Jesus followers. And so here we are eight years later, and we're doing a series, seven-week series. Chris kicked off the first two weeks, did an awesome job. Those were really good. If you haven't caught them, go ahead and go back and check out the audio podcast or the video podcast on YouTube. I'm not going to spend any of our time today with review um, because my clock is ticking. And today I want to talk to you about kingdom influence. I want to talk about kingdom influence and I want to talk about seven channels of kingdom influence, but I want to start by talking about influence itself. And I want to start with this question. What does it mean to have and exercise kingdom influence? What does it mean to have and to exercise kingdom influence? I'll read this to you. This is out of the book of the Bible. <laughs> this is the anointed version. Uh, reading from Matthew's gospel in, in uh, chapter 28, a very familiar passage of, of scripture. In verse 18, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus says to his disciples, all of the authority everywhere in creation, in heaven and on earth, has been given to me. And in that authority, I send you out to represent me and to speak the things of the kingdom, to deposit them in others, to influence the world around you. 
We are called in the scriptures, friends, we're called to be imitators of God. We're called partakers of the divine nature. In the letter of 1 John, he says, as he is, referring to Jesus, he says, as he is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is, so are we called to be in this world. As kingdom people, we are meant to influence human society and culture in partnership with the King of Kings as he leads us by his spirit every day. Friends, you, you and I, all of us together, we, the church, the collective church, are called to influence culture. We're called to influence society. We're called to influence the world. See, what happens oftentimes to me, probably not to you, because y'all are more spiritual than I am, but what happens to me is that a lot of times the world tends to influence me. The world around me, the rhetoric that I read in the news or whatever it is tends to influence me. Instead of me taking up my mantle, my calling, my authority, and influencing culture and influencing the world around me. That is the call. That is the call. That is what the New American Standard Bible refers to as the Great Commission. Influence the world around you. In Matthew 13, Jesus tells a parable. He tells this parable, he says this, he says, he spoke another parable to them the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour until it was all leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. Now, Jesus, when he said that, he didn't say it in English, so it's not like he said that just for the sake of the rhyme. He said it for a different reason. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven said Kevin. No, said Jesus. <laughs> Man, I told you this was going to be good. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. So if you think of a, of a lump of dough, right, you think of a lump of dough and, and you add yeast to it, right, what, what happens? It, 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 you know, gets all yeasty. I'm not a baker. <laughs> I'm so far from a baker. I don't think I've ever baked anything in my life. All you need is a little, and it affects the whole lump. It affects all of it, just a little bit. This is the point, right? It wasn't for the rhyme. This is the point. The point was you just need a little, and you put it in there, and it affects everything, and you can't undo it once it's done. You can't un-yeast dough. <laughs> this part was not rehearsed, so you know, if it was, this would be really bad, but I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm riffing here, so, so it might, 
I don't know where we're gonna wind up, but the point is this, right? You are like that leaven, right? So Jesus is saying, okay, you, the kingdom of heaven, which is in you, right? You are deposited in the world, right? You're deposited in the world to affect it. And it doesn't take a whole lot. It just takes a little and being pervasive and, and, and doing your thing, just allowing the kingdom to come out, the things of the kingdom, the agenda of the kingdom, the culture of the kingdom and all that stuff just to ooze and pour out of you affects everything around you. That's the whole point. You don't have to manufacture it. You don't have to, you don't have to figure it out. You don't have to have an agenda. You don't have to have a set of notes. You can just fly off the hip and it just comes out of you. It just comes out of you and it affects everything around you. Okay? But this relates to a little thing that I like to call the theology of vocation. I preached a, a, a message on this several years ago, and I've, I've referred to it lots and lots of times over the years. Um, this is something that's very, very near and dear to my heart, the theology of vocation. So a lot of times um, we think of vocation as like the thing that you do, right? Um, vocation comes from the Latin word vox, which means voice, and literally means calling, Okay, so the theology of calling, the idea that we go around this world and we compartmentalize our lives. Okay, we compartmentalize our lives and we think to ourselves, okay, this is, this is family, this is, this is work, this is church, right? Um, and, and of those, let's just use those three for an example, of that, that three-part whole, only one-third of that stuff is spiritual, because that's church, right? Church is spiritual, right? It's sacred, right? Or I'm called to be a church leader, right? So I have a sacred calling and someone else who's called to be a teacher has a secular calling, right? Are you with me? Okay, that's garbage. That's garbage. I'd like to tell you what I really think of it, but that's what I'll tell you today is that's garbage, the idea of sacred and secular is a man-made construct which helps you compartmentalize your life in a way that you were never meant to do in kingdom. Okay? The idea that there are sacred callings and secular callings, that garbage idea is, is a man-made thing that's meant to create a divide in society. Okay? The idea, let's even go to clergy and laity. Those aren't kingdom concepts. Those are man-made concepts. The idea that, that me as, a, as clergy or as an ordained minister or whatever has some kind of a calling that's in any way more spiritual than someone who's in business, which I'm in both. So I guess I'm conflicted, right? Because I'm sacred and secular. So I'm divided down the middle. I'm a, I'm a house divided against itself. So what am I supposed to do? But what I've learned over the years through just the Lord opening my eyes. What I've learned over the years is that, to be honest, all things have the opportunity to be sacred. All things have the opportunity to be sacred. Why is that? Because you and I, we are a sacramental people. What do you mean by that? I mean that you're a people set apart for God. 
You're a sacramental people. You are a people that go out into the world and people have an opportunity to have an encounter with God through you because the spirit of God is in you, because the kingdom of heaven is within you, because the culture of the kingdom is something that should be oozing from you every day. Okay? So what I'm saying is that, is that the idea that what I do in church for an hour and a half, or maybe I'm really spiritual and I go to small group too, and maybe I go to the prayer meeting and maybe I uh, do some other stuff and I listen to some podcasts and all that stuff is sacred, that's spiritual, but everything else is secular and somehow worldly. This is not God's idea, friends. <laughs> compartmentalization is not the way that we're called to live in kingdom. We are called to live a fully integrated kingdom lifestyle. You should be living kingdom. I should be living kingdom. We should be living kingdom in family, in our marriages, in parenting, when we're in the car. Anybody, anybody a road rager? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Don't do it. I saw a hand back there. All right. Look, we're called to live kingdom when we're driving. We're called to live kingdom when we're at school. We're called to live kingdom when we're at work, when we're at the grocery store. This is what Jesus said. He said, I'm sending you out. Okay. So only the people that are like, what, professional missionaries? Only the people that are like, what, in foreign countries? Those are the only people that are sent, right? No, wrong. You, me, we. All of us sent every single day. That's why we don't dismiss here. That's why we send you out every single Sunday. That's why we use words like that because they're meant to leave a mark. They're meant to make you think on Monday. Oh man, yesterday I was sent out. I was sent out in the authority of the kingdom. I was sent out to heal the sick. I was sent out to preach the good news. I was sent out to proclaim freedom to the captives. I was sent out to proclaim the good gospel of God. Every single day. Every single day. See, this was something, I'm telling you, I, I just, I never knew that this stuff was, was real. I spent, I spent a lot of years and nothing wrong with this. Some people are called to it. I'm not. I spent a lot of years sitting in an office in a church building. And, and that was fine. It was good. Nothing against it. But man, today, I'll tell you what, when I'm in, when I'm in, when I'm in business, I'm in the office, I have way more opportunity to actually impact people's lives in real and tangible ways than I ever did sitting in a church office. I just do. I'm telling you, people are, people are, their walls are down, right? When people are at church, right? Everybody's got their religious face on. How you doing, brother? Blessed and full of success. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm great. No, I had a crappy week. I'm struggling. I'm not, but. People, people say real things in the real world. They do. And so the people around you, right, there, there's a gold mine. <laughs> there's a gold mine of opportunity everywhere you go. All you have to do is have the right perspective. 
All you have to do is go into it with intentionality as a kingdom representative, as an ambassador. Go into it as an ambassador, right? That's what we're called. We're called ministers of the gospel of reconciliation. Go into it with that intentionality and that purpose and be amazed at what God does, at the doors that he opens and at what you find. Because you're going to find opportunity after opportunity and open door after open door as you just step into it. As you just step into it. And you just say things to people like, man, that's really tough. What can I do? Can, I, mean, I mean, this might be weird, but can I, can I pray for you? No? Oh, okay, that's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pray for you anyway, but just not, just not in front of you. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm telling you, I, I, I have seen amazing things. Like, I, I could tell you story after story after story of just people being healed in the office, people being baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. I mean, I'll tell that story. I'll tell that. I'm not going to tell that story. I'll tell that story. I had a guy um, that worked for me, and I had to let him go. And I don't know if you all know this, but um, ever since I, I started partnering with Chris, I became the axe man. <laughs> I became the axe man, <laughs> okay? So, um, so, but I've got a philosophy on that, and, and, and that, that doesn't bother me. I had, to let, I had to let this guy go. It just wasn't working out. It was a square peg, round hole type situation. And uh, I'm driving into the office, and I'm just praying about it. You know, I'm talking to the Lord. And uh, the Lord speaks to me and he says, and this guy had been on this crazy journey over about the last six, nine months where he'd gone from like, literally like God doesn't heal, God doesn't speak to like seeing, like laying hands on sick people and seeing them healed and just all kinds of really cool stuff. So this guy was on this journey. It was a real bummer because we were good friends and, and I didn't want to hurt that friendship, but I was praying about it and I'm like, like, okay, God, you know, I just really want to do this in a loving and kind way and, 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 and all that kind of stuff to honor him, honor relationship. And the Lord speaks to me and says, I want to baptize him in the Holy Spirit today. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, have at it, pal. Good luck. Let me know how that works out. I got to let him go, so... He's like, no, son... I, I want to baptize him in the Holy Spirit today. I want him to receive, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. <sighs> Come on, God. Are you kidding me? I literally, I, this, this, I have to let this guy go. Well, God is, surprisingly enough, God is more relentless than I am. And he does actually get his way uh, with me, which is good. Um, so I got to the office. I'm like, okay, fine. So I got to the office and I met with the guy and we talked and let him go, and um, it was rough, but you know it was good. It was honoring and, and loving and stuff like that. And so he goes to clean out his desk, and um, I, I go sit down at my desk, and, and, and the Lord just starts speaking. He's like, "Son, what are you doing? I, I told we talked about this. I told you what I wanted to do today, and I and I'm looking for your partnership here." Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Fine. So literally, I, I mean, this, 
guy, I called him back in the office, and I mean, can you imagine what he's thinking? Well, what the heck possible else could this person have to say to me? And, and literally, I was like, brother, I like, just started talking to him, and anyway, so he wanted to perceive in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he was kind of balled up in a, shaking like a leaf and praying in tongues on the floor in no time. It was pretty interesting, but what's the point? <laughs> Anybody want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now? Like, no! <laughs> no, seriously. Seriously, if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, why am I talking about this today? I don't know. Um, but if you have not, I'll tell you what. Get prayer today. Ask, come, come see Chris and Lisa Shire. They'll lay hands on you. And, and, and I'll tell you, that is one thing they are very passionate about, we are very passionate about here as a church, as a leadership team, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is vital to you experiencing the fullness of the Christian life. So if that's not something that you've experienced, um, I, I really mean it. You should, you should definitely check that out and they would love to pray for you uh, when we're done here. But I got way off track. I got way off track and, and um, I need to get back on track. So I'm running out of time here. So the point is this. God has things that he wants to do in people's lives. And while God could do whatever God wanted to do and could do it without you, he doesn't want to do that. He wants to do it with you. And he wants you to do it with him. Now, let's be careful. God didn't save you to use you. God saved you for relationship. God saved you for love. God saved you because he loves you. But since we belong to him and since we're in him and since we're citizens of the kingdom, there is a call to partnership. There is a call to being ambassadors. There is a call to doing some things. There is a call to walking some things out. There is a call to saying, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? And to being open to actually doing those things, to actually engaging with those things, to actually engaging in partnership. And that's the idea of a fully integrated kingdom lifestyle versus a compartmentalized lifestyle where we do the God stuff at church or during a Bible study or during a prayer meeting or whatever versus being willing to do the God stuff everywhere we go. At the grocery store at the restaurant, the word for the waitress, the, the kindness, the, I mean, I, I was with this guy one time, um, and he was this big evangelist guy, and we were having coffee at uh, Panera, and, and he said, you know, I, I just like to come into a place like Panera and watch for somebody to come in with crutches. I just like to watch for somebody to come in with crutches and I'll just walk up to him and be like, hey, can I pray for you? Because, I mean, well, they, they have, they're on crutches for a reason. There must be something wrong, right? So he's like, I don't need the Holy Spirit to tell me, hey, go pray for that person because, hey, look, somebody's got crutches. It was a crazy night, crazy night. But it's that kind of willingness that I'm talking about. It's that kind of openness Right? And I think we should be led by God. I think we should be in prayer. I think we should be prayerful about these kinds of things. I think we should be saying, God, what are the things that you want me to step into right now? What are the things that you're doing in this place right now? But this idea of being called, 
being called and sent everywhere we go so that we can influence the world and influence culture and influence humanity and influence society on all levels is vital to what we're called to in kingdom. I want to read this to you. Um, this is something I read to, uh, yesterday as I was kind of going, just going through some things. And, and I want to read this. Um, some of the language is a little bit outdated. And I'll tell you what, sometimes I read something from somebody. I'm like, okay, that's 90% good. 10% of it, I don't really, I'm not really, you know, jiggy with it, right? But 90% of it's good, right? But 10% of it, I'm just like, man, I wouldn't use that language. I wouldn't talk like that. I wouldn't use those words. But the concept and the idea is good. So I want to read this. It says, for Christians to influence the world with the truth of God's word requires the recovery of the great reformation doctrine of vocation. Christians are called to God's service, not only in church professions, but also in every secular calling. See, there's that word I don't like. Also in every, I'll say, I'll say it this way. Christians are called to God's service, not only in church professions, but also in every other calling. The task of restoring truth to the culture depends largely on all of us. Okay, to say that the task of restoring church, restoring truth to culture is relies solely on church leaders is, is that's just small minded thinking. Okay, it relies on all of us to bring back truth on a practical level. The church must encourage Christians to not be mere consumers of culture, but makers of culture. The church needs to cultivate Christian artists, musicians, novelists, filmmakers, journalists, attorneys, teachers, scientists, business executives, and the like. Teaching all of the people in the church the sense in which every vocation, every calling, including, above all, the callings of husband, wife, and parent, is a sphere of Christian ministry, a way of of serving the kingdom and, the, and, and our neighbor that is grounded in God's truth. Christians must be encouraged to be leaders in their fields rather than eager to please followers working from the assumptions of their biblical worldview, not the vapid cliches of pop culture. I just love that. I just love that. The task of restoring truth to the culture depends largely on the church at large. It depends on you. It depends on me. It depends on all of us to restore truth to the culture. Seven channels. Okay, this is a seven channels concept. I'm gonna, I'm gonna name seven areas of society and I guarantee you, you find yourself in one or two, possibly three, possibly more. Maybe you're all over the board. Family, church, government, education, media, arts, and business. Seven channels, family, church, 
government, education, media, arts, and business. All of us fit somewhere in there. One of those or two of those or three of those are channels that you're tuned into, that you're a part of. They're streams that you're in. They're areas of culture and society that you're participating in. And the idea is that in those areas, family, church, government, education, media, arts, and business, you as a Jesus follower, as a kingdom person have an opportunity to influence culture and society in that thing, in business, in the arts, in education, in government, in all of those things. You have the opportunity to influence that from a kingdom perspective. And you're not just do you have an opportunity, but you, ooh, get ready, you have a responsibility. I know you don't like that. You have a responsibility. You do, we do. We do have a responsibility to engage in those things from a kingdom perspective. C.S. Lewis wrote in, in Mere Christianity, he wrote this, I love this, enemy-occupied territory. That is what the world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say landed in disguise and is calling us to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. Sabotage. Go sabotage the world. Go sabotage the world, okay? That's the point. Go throw a monkey wrench in the works of the machine. Go be a monkey wrench in the works of the machinery of the world. Go be someone that stands up and says, yeah, I don't think so. I'm a citizen of a different kingdom. What do we do, friends? What can we do? Well, for starters... We can recognize that we are sent by the King of Kings, the one who possesses all authority in heaven and on earth to go into this world, this enemy-occupied territory, and represent him, his kingdom, and his agenda, and as such, influence culture at every level in partnership with his spirit every day. Friends, there is no such thing in the kingdom as clergy or laity, sacred or secular. These are man-made constructs which inevitably lead to a compartmentalized life. So let us allow God to deconstruct these toxic ideas and recreate the theology of vocation along with the idea of kingdom in us. Let us be leavened amongst the dough pervasive, insidious, extraordinary. Let us be naturally supernatural, leaders and innovators for the kingdom in our families, our churches, and all the other channels that the Lord tunes us into. We, the citizens of the kingdom of heaven here on this earth, must refuse to settle for the status quo and instead be cultural influencers everywhere we go. That is what we're called to, friends. 
to be cultural influencers everywhere we go. Stand to our feet. Let's pray. Papa, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your great love. We thank you that you've called us and we thank you that you're sending us out. We thank you for everything that you're doing in us and through us. And we thank you, Lord, that we get to be participators in the things that you're doing in this earth. We love you. We love you. Jesus. Amen. If you would like to learn more about Downtown Christian Church, join a small group, uh, reach out for prayer or a need, uh, or give to support us, you can find us at achurchinthecity.org. Thanks for listening.